Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Prayer. Empty words that drift to nowhere, or weighty words that lead to eternal ears. Some claim that there is no room for prayer in the world, that it is a waste of time and has no effect on any situation. Others, however, say that prayer is the most important thing one can do on a daily basis and is useful in all situations. They say that God really does listen and act on the words that are directed to Him. Now Paratruth presents The Power of Prayer with special guest Bill Sweet. What's up folks? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio! That's when you gotta add the yeah, beat up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. (laughs) And welcome to a brand new episode, folks, of Parachute Radio. It has been, believe it or not, an entire seven days since the last episode. That's time usually time. how we time it. Yeah, you know, something, isn't it? It's, it's weird. Uh, it's amazing. Who would have thought there's seven days in a week? Not me. <laughs> well, to some people, there's ten days in a week, depending on how well they work or don't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, we do have another great and wonderful, brand spanking new show for you today. Uh, that we do. <clears throat> But before we go ahead and get into that, let's have a, just, just a little powwow and say, what's up, everybody? Woo-woo. How's your week been going, man? So far, so good. How about you? Same. I'm tired still. <laughs> but I don't think it's from being out there, so. <laughs> Probably just getting into the routine of working again, I'm sure. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I've been there a week and a week and two days, and I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to be there no more. Oh, that's okay. Eventually, I did bigger, better things. Yeah, I was gotta gonna say you do got what you got to. You got one semester ish left, so just stick with uh, it. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. How is things going with your writing? You said uh, a few days ago, actually. For those of you who don't know, if you weren't on uh, Facebook and checking out. Any post that Justin and I post, uh, but Justin posted on Facebook a f- few days ago now that he decided to start writing some short stories and possibly even submit them into festivals, writing festivals, uh, because 
I convinced him. Uh, <laughs> how's that going? Did you, did you start on any projects? Um, I have one short story done, uh, and I've got that in the submitting uh, queue for Writer's Digest. Uh, but I I have to look into it to see if – because there's a $20 fee. But I gotcha. don't know if that's per, uh, uh, per story or – Per submission, because you can put more than one story in your submission. So I'll have to call them and see and ask them to explain it a little better. Because the way it words it, it's $20 per submission, which means you could probably have like five different stories submitted to them. So Right, right. Okay. You're going to send me the... The story, right? Yeah, I'll I'll email it to you. um, I emailed it to Heidi. I had... um, Shelly. You, fo- you see this, folks? He, he sends it to our friend before he sends it to his l- loving cousin and co-host. Well, it was <laughs> a sad day. loving co-host and cousin who said, if you don't watch it, I'm going to steal some of your ideas. So... <laughs> 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 so I told you how to prevent that. <laughs> I actually did email it to myself before I did it to anybody else. So. <laughs> Good job. So I will send it to you and get your take on it because uh, Shelly loved it and Heidi had just two uh, problems with it and that was in how I was uh, wording things. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, submitting a couple of short stories. Uh, I am looking forward to going forward with actually creating publishing company, uh, Vibrant Wings Publishing. So I... Once I get an idea as to how it's going to cost me for printing, I'll I'll take it from there as far as publishing my own works plus maybe getting other people on. Right, um, right. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Cool. So, um, and then uh, anything new on your end for any new projects or? Uh, well, I mean, this week I've submitted. Uh, the film. I'm uploading the film to a couple of different festivals. You know, those are a little more expensive than the writing one. So, yeah. around 50 bucks a pop. Uh, and that's pretty much per submission and you can only put in one film per submission, I believe. Um, <clears throat> beside that, I'm currently working on some pre-pro stuff to, uh, there's, there are two films that I would, lo- I would like to direct, uh, produce, direct this, uh, upcoming fall, both short films. So I'm in the worst of doing that. Both are a little, uh, dark. Always dark. You know, you know how it is. Uh, both are dark, but interesting. You know, very, uh, mm, fantasy-like for one of them. And the other one is, uh, more so about a guy who's just trying to make a very, it's, it's a decision that would either end his life or allow it to keep going. We'll keep oh. it at that. Um, so, you know, we got those two, those two things going on. I've also got the script from my buddy, you remember him, Lewis, uh, of a Batman fan film that we were talking about producing and writing. He, uh, you know, he's been writing it for a while, so I'm looking at that. That's one I'm going <clears> to, <throat> starring as Batman in. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Um, so, you know, so I'm, I'm actually got that. I'm going to look at it later today. Uh, and just see how how it looks, how it's going, see if I can add anything in there. But uh, that's about it. So, you know, I've got projects in the works. Looking forward to it. 
But uh, beside that, you know, we just got the show. A new project said the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to act weird today because I'm so tired. I'm trying to wake up. <laughs> so, folks, brand, <laughs> brand new episode. Uh, we do have a very special guest, although they are all very special. A this brand is new just, special guest. This, um, this is another way to put it. This is like special in his way as it is a different theme and title of a book that we've never done before power of prayer folks um you know what is the power power of prayer you know is there power in prayer uh you know does prayer do anything for individual people or you know for groups or even for the world for that matter you know we we hear it time and time again on uh, the news you know stop praying you know, we don't hear this from the news networks, obviously, because that'd just be crude. But uh they're rude. But we hear from a lot of people who like to voice their opinions a lot, you know. Stop praying because prayer doesn't do anything. Get out there and do something. Yay and nay on both of those. Yeah, get out and do something, but ending prayer, well, that's a big no no too. That that could be a bad thing for you. But <laughs> the question is Is prayer useful? Is it powerful? And can we benefit from it? Whether Christian or non-Christian even? Don't know. Now, obviously, you know, I can't think of many non-Christians who have got out of their way to pray, but I know that there are some. But this would be a good time for you all to listen if you're tuning in, because you may learn something here. It's pretty cool. Uh, But we're going to go ahead and jump straight to the line with our special guest today. His name is Bill Sweet. Welcome to the show, Bill. It's good to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Always a pleasure to talk to people that are like-minded. Oh, indeed. I completely agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, before we kick off with the Q&A, the one thing that we do like to uh, allow is for our guests to give some information about themselves, uh, a little bit about their story, their background, uh, and, of course, where they can anyone can find you. Uh, We're going to let you do that twice today, so... Oh, stereo twice. (laughs) Well, I was always interested in paranormal and religious phenomena, and I happened to be brought up in a neighborhood that was a bunch of academic people and thinkers, and uh, it was a Jewish neighborhood, and uh, you know they just loved the debate, and it's great, and it's just for fun. You know, it's not arguing; it's just that you're going to say something, they're going to question you on it. So I had. experiences as a as a teenager that were psychic and spiritual and I would tell people about it and they said, Oh that's very interesting and they cross examine you and so it had turned out that he said, Well if I'm ever gonna pursue this, I'm gonna have to have answers and we're gonna have to look at this a little more deeply because people always question these things. Unless they have the experiences themselves they question strange experiences. Mm-hmm. And so fortunately through uh, being involved and connecting with a lot of people, I found out about uh, two Christian science practitioners named Bruce and John Klingbeil who were in Schaumburg, Illinois. And they were nearby because I was on the outside, I was in the Chicago area. And they were, were doing experiments with prayer and consciousness. And they were right here in the Chicago area. It was like serendipity. I couldn't believe it. So I contacted them and met with them and was just thrilled to find out about their Spindrift Laboratory. They were uh, they were spending mornings praying for people, and in the afternoons they were uh, doing experiments trying to show that there is actually something 
to uh, prayer in a scientific sense, not just this is what I believe mm-hmm. and dogma and invisible beliefs you can't back up. And they had a laboratory where they brought people in from different religions and tested them. And to make it affordable, they didn't test prayer on people. They did some prayer on with animals, but that was a little hard to control. What they did was is that what they ended up doing to make it more reasonable and more controllable, they ended up mostly doing plant experiments. There would be something wrong with a lower organism plant and it would be given a stress of some kind and a person would pray for the recovery of the plant and then they'd have a control group and uh, so if the person was a good prayer and they were helping the plant you could compare the plant that was prayed for for the one from the one that wasn't prayed for the control group and see the result and the experiments in order to be really done well had to be done many times by the same person you just couldn't do an experiment once hey there you are it has to be done many times and have all the data accumulated. And so they founded an organization called Spindrift Research. I never even heard the term Spindrift before. Do you guys know the word Spindrift? I can't say that I do. I didn't until I had uh, contacted you and looked into the Spindrift Research. Yeah, it's a nautical term. It refers to the spray on the top of a wave during a hurricane out at sea. Hmm. And it creates a little spray on the top called spindrift. And so that's why they named it that. Okay. So the spindrift research is really at the cutting edge of the wave, cutting edge of research. And uh, the experiments are mind-boggling to some and and, uh, not enough action for others, but they are good scientific, fringe science, parapsychological experiments that follow the scientific method. They've written up all the data from it, and they would, we would put our money together, and we bring in scientific people and sci- to see if we were following the scientific method right, and the statisticians would look at it. So we had quite a good time. Okay. So getting into the research uh, with do, uh, with the prayer, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, – do negative prayer as well as positive prayer. Uh, what what type of research uh, did you guys get into with that? In order to do thorough research, we found that you had to test positive prayer and negative prayer and different types of prayer. Okay. And uh, uh, we had quite a bit of awareness that there are religions that pray negatively. And in fact, it happened to us. There were religions that were praying against our research so it wouldn't work. They just People just went berserk that we would test prayer. It was like insulting God. You were doing work on sacred subjects. And so they were actually working against interfusing negative prayer. So this is something we looked into. Mm-hmm. And we found that the positive prayers, of course, would bring a goodness to a situation, and we would define good for our own purposes as it would bring order. The more order that was being presented to a situation through prayer, that would be a good result. The more disorder that was being brought to a situation, that would be negative prayer. And there were two types of negative prayer. Some people uh, didn't know they were praying negatively. Some people have a lot of assumptions in their thoughts. And this is one of the things we learned. And, of course, I learned this about my own thought. Sometimes bring to the people bring to the table what they assume is best for a situation or best for a plant. And they get that in the back of their subconscious mind, and they project that onto the plant. And that isn't really 
holy prayer. That's you projecting your psychic belief of what you think should be a result. Mm-hmm. And you can actually end up doing more damage than good. It's just kind of like, I'm sure in real life you've probably had friends or you, maybe you did it yourself. Somebody tried to tell you not to do something, but you were just dead set on doing it, and you did it. And later on you found out it was the wrong thing to do. And that's kind of like that. It's just that people have these ideas in their mind of what's best for a situation, and it turns out that it is not true. So that's unintentional negative prayer. Then you find people that, for some reason, they have an evil bent to them, and they can do damage with their prayer. They just, oh, man. I think the term that is used is, uh, uh, what is this term that goes around now? Uh, uh, vamp, what is this? Uh, vampire energy or sucking vampire energy? Mm-hmm. Oh, sucking so vampire, yeah. What, Mm-hmm. What, what is that the term I'm looking for? It's, uh, it's, it's they're, 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 you you around people. Some people they just they just are naturally negative, right? And, and, and don't want to be around them too much, right? right. It's like the aura yeah, that they give us, right? Or that yeah, they're sapping I, the energy out of you to cause correct. a negative effect. Correct, correct. Well, there's people who can pray like that, and they're very good at it. So uh, a few of them. We were able to point that out, and they could improve themselves from their upbringing or whatever. Other people, they just kind of, that's the way I am. I can use that to manipulate people or mess up situations. Some people thrived on it, but we had to learn this from people. And uh, the people who were unintentionally doing uh, harm with their prayers, of course, they wanted to learn how to get their egos and agendas out of the way so that they could pray properly. Right. right. So the the end result of this is, uh, on the negative prayer, interestingly enough, was is that Spindrift, as far as we know, uh, is the first organization in the United States, maybe in the world, outside of the Muslim world, uh, that uh, pointed out the negative prayers of the terrorists. And we told everybody about it way back in 1986 and 87. That's when we started doing it, pointed it out. And nobody was interested. And after 9-11, there was a short period of time where people were interested. Then it just disappeared. And uh, it's only been the last couple of years that there's been an interest in what Spindra found out about that from law enforcement, basically. So... It took all this time, and things had to get bad enough for there for people to, to look into what we found out. Because mm-hmm. uh, all terrorism begins with prayer. A lot of people don't realize that. That's the first thing. Do they pray, and then they act on their prayers? So you know, mm-hmm. we have to understand that that's the where it begins. That's the first part. But we have a tendency to look at the actions rather than how does it start? What are they believing? What are they projecting? What are they intending? That's what we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. The more we understand what somebody intends, intends the more we can uh, do something about it, if we can find that out. I mean, it's like these video. Remember the Columbine situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, after, after the Columbine situation, they found that video of the kids acting crazy, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, so if they had that video ahead of time, you would have known what, what was going to probably eventually right. Yeah. So if you know what somebody's thinking and praying, you can tell a lot about what they're, what they're going to intend to do. A prayer tells a lot about a person. It tells what's going on in their consciousness. So, uh, so, so we found this out, and we hope that the end result of all this will be an interest in taking better care of our thoughts. If, if people can find out 
that they actually do have psychic and paranormal effects from their thoughts. This would, for some people, would be a, a great revelation. For other people, it would probably scare them to death. Right. But it's important for people to find this out. Uh, interestingly enough, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the crowd you hang around with, they're all total believers, and that's fine. But there are a lot of people who believe in paranormal things, but they kind of play with it. They don't really get into it. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if they actually found out that what they're playing with there actually has some validity in some areas, I think that would shake them up terribly. It's like mm-hmm. a, there's like a red line you cross. It's okay, I believe it, but I actually find out that this is true. That's a whole other lifestyle. You know? Right. <laughs> and so we hope that the Spindrift experiments will, and data repeated by other people or similar experiments will uh, build a, a, an argument that uh, paranormal effects are true. Mm-hmm. I think that the uh, scientific community and just some some people, you know, relatives even. They say, what's your proof? What's your proof? I don't believe it unless you can show me. Well, if we get enough of this data together, we can show them something. Right. Well, so that's kind of what that's kind of what it was. And it was really an exciting thing to be associated with. And there were about twelve of us working at Spindrift. Uh, and then we had people volunteer to come there and pray, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, it, it, it was very exciting. The uh, wild reactions to it seemed to be the basis of my book. I've written a book called A Journey into Prayer by Bill Sweet, which you can. Uh, you can go to the Spindrift website, which is spindriftresearch.org, and click Book News, and there's a press release there from my publisher explains the book. But the interesting thing about the book, strangely, it's strange and interesting, is it's kind of a sociological study as well as a scientific study because the reactions to the research are equal, if not beyond the experiments themselves. Had we were we were we've joked about this at Spindrift. Had we just made up the whole story? just went around and told people we had these experiments and did these experiments and we never did a thing, we probably would have gotten the same outrage if we did them or not. It's just, it's just outrage. It was outrageous to people. Yeah. <laughs> well, bring religion into it. I think if you do straight parapsychology, they don't get upset, but you bring God and religion into it. Oh, brother. Right. Uh, well, now this is a two-part question I have. Uh, the first one is probably something I should have asked at the beginning, uh, but can you just give us your definition or a definition of what exactly prayer is? And then the second part of the question is, during the, the, these experiments, if you will, um, you said that there, you had brought in multiple people from multiple different religions, so did you notice any kind of different outcome depending on what God these people were praying to? That is uh, sort of the hilarious hypothesis. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen when, when we brought in Jews, Baptists, Buddhists. We tested a Scientologist, uh, mm-hmm. Methodist, uh, Quaker. Uh, you know, we brought in people from. And of course, we're, our background was Christian scientists, so we we had quite a few Christian scientists that volunteered because that's where we started. Right. Uh, we thought there probably would be a lot of difference between a Catholic and a. Baptist or something, and, uh, and maybe someday the way somebody forms his or her background will be able to be registered. But we were able to find uh, that it, in our tests anyway for Spindrift that it, the result had more to do with the quality and the spiritualization of the individual consciousness. 
that produce the result more than the denomination. Maybe the, some someday they'll be able to tell a difference effect between a Jewish prayer and a Christian prayer and a Muslim prayer or, mm-hmm. or an Oriental prayer. But what we found was is that some people are naturally spiritually minded. Other people tend to be. Other people tend to be very ego centered, and not 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 that they're bad people, but they just they, they, their ego is going all the time. So their ego is interfering with what their prayer is doing, and you can tell that in the test because, like I said earlier, they, their ego is guiding the result, not what is the best result. And then other people don't get a result, which is kind of a shock for some people. Uh, it it, um, it doesn't mean that on some level they're not connecting with a divine being or what they're praying to, but in our test, some people who didn't get a result look the same as a control group. And other people um, were able to learn uh, to get away from their ego and have more of a I will be done prayer. And that uh, is is the what we would consider the choice prayer, the prayer of um, spirituality. This, this, there are many types of prayers listed uh, in different religions, as many kinds. But mm-hmm. for Spindra's purposes, and that the founders, Bruce and John Kleinbeil, who were very experienced in praying because they were healers in the Christian Science Church, uh, in order to contrast people's praying, they were able to isolate two main types of prayer in the Spindrift Laboratory. There, there are a lot of different styles, but the two that were isolated were what they called goal-directed prayer that is often called petitionary prayer, where you're asking for a specific thing to happen or a specific item that you want. Mm-hmm. This is the asking prayer. And when you ask for something, it's problematic because you may be asking for something selfishly, or you may be asking for something something with a loving motive, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes problematic because a lot of people ask for things, and that's all they're doing. There, it's like asking your parents for a toy or something, and then then mm-hmm. again, the ego gets involved in that type of prayer. Usually, there are exceptions. So we were able to test gold direction prayer. It would produce a different result on a, on the screen in the data than the thy will be done prayer. And the thy will be done prayer, where you let go of your own ideas for for the divine. To inter- inter- intervene, uh, the thing bios called that type of prayer non-goal-directed prayer, where you're getting rid of your goals and just letting flow through you what was best to happen in the situation. Mm-hmm. A tougher result to get, but the more spiritual and specialized and, and preferred result. So we were able to track two wavelengths of prayer as they were occurring in these tests. The goal-directed prayer produces one kind of pattern on the screen, and the non-goal-directed prayer produced a second kind of pattern on the screen, and we were able to tell them apart. This is quite remarkable in parapsychology terms. Okay. And the reason it's remarkable is it's, it's hard enough to get a result from thought than to make a further claim that you can differentiate thoughts from thoughts. Right. That's a completely another level of claim. Right. All right, folks, uh, I think we're going to take our first break here. You've listen, been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. Uh, we will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day as we talk to Bill Sweet about the power of prayer. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Muscles. We all have them, and we all use them. But have you ever wondered where the word muscle comes from? Well, according to factslides.com, 
the word muscle comes from the Latin word musculus, which means, believe it or not, little mouse. The reason this is, is because at one point, a flexed muscle was thought to resemble a mouse. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> Alright, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we're, we've been talking to Bill Sweet about the power of prayer. Uh, now, Bill, as you were, uh, as we were ending, uh, the first part of the show, uh, you were talking about, you know, how people are kind of selfish sometimes when they're, when they're praying. And, uh, yep. that's something that Eric and I kind of ended with la- on last week's show is, you know, people pray for things or first, uh, selfish things a lot of times. And, uh, they, if they don't get it, they start to uh, get uh, spiteful, get very angry that they're not getting what they're praying for or wishing for, if you will. Um, in your research, um, has any of that affected how people's prayer changes? Well, there's a couple things that happen there. A lot of people... Uh, Jesus even says that sometimes there's a quote. I don't have it. Uh, uh, the, the, we're in the Bible, but there is a quote where Jesus says that he kind of balls people out. He says, "When you pray, you're consuming your desires on your lusts," and that's kind of what you're talking about. People just—that's all they're doing. They're, mm. they're just praying for things to happen and what they want. Now, interestingly enough, some people may even even with "I will be done" prayers. Some people get angry when they don't get an answer prayer. Okay, so there's sometimes there's no answer to prayer. Other times there may be an answer to prayer. You're just not registering it. You're looking over on the left and it's over on the right. It's on the peripheral or something. There are many people that years later after something say, you know what? Did something did happen, but I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now. This is kind of strange, you know. You don't realize it in the present, but you realize it later on. Something clicks. Uh, and then there's also people that through the power of their will alone, willpower prayer through goal direction, they do get what they want, but it wasn't in their best interest. It ends up being a disaster for them. It's, it's kind of like the thing that when somebody says, gee, if I ever win the lottery, I'll do this, it'll make me happy. Well, so they win the lottery, and it becomes a disaster for their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can tell you that I know somebody personally who... Um, Ended up with a lot of money. Uh, I, I won't tell you how, but it, it, uh, it, but it was it, it was it was it was it was through a game, and it it ruined this person's life totally, mm-hmm. totally ruined person's life. Ended in suicide. Wow. So, 
So, so the funny what? Oh, I was just going to say, that's kind of where we were heading with that uh, last week is, you know, a lot of people will pray for these things, but <laughs> even, you know, unanswered prayers or prayers that where you don't get what you're looking for are still answered prayers because you, you weren't meant to have that. You weren't, it wasn't something that you needed. It was something that you wanted. There's a huge difference. Well, there's a difference between, who, yes, uh, goal director prayer has more to do with what you want, want, want. Not thy will be done prayer gives you what you need, what you need, what you need. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't want what we need, we, but we need it. Mm-hmm. And But I might add that a lot of people uh, get their goals met. I mean, in American culture is very goal-oriented, goal, 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 goal. And a lot of people do get their goals met, but they find out later that it wasn't the right goal. Mm-hmm. There's a, quite an explanation of this on the SpindriftResearch.org website. On the FAQ page, question three, goes deeply into this, contrasting, uh, asking for the right goal and asking for the wrong goal, and then how to pray, thy will be done, what is right for me. And, of course, there's a, there's a good joke that goes with this, too. This guy's praying for a new... Um, New Ford. He wants a new Ford car. Great. He's praying about this Ford. I'm going to pray, pray, pray. So, so he gets his prayer answered. He gets the Ford he wants. But then the voice of God says, "You know, well, you got your Ford, but I had a Ferrari in mind for you." Mm-hmm. You see, if you were more open to what was the greater good or the greater or something other than just what you're focusing on, there's something right. even better for you. Right, right. And, and, and our ego and our agendas and our background gets in the way of these things. It happens to all of us. It happens to me too. I can think of situations where later on I say, "Gee, why did I do that? I hindered myself. I could have done better." But I got this limited idea and just focused on one thing when I should have had a much more of a paradigm shift and bigger view. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, and you know, one well, thing my pastor it gives me an idea. It gives me an idea. Uh, Thy will be done is a bigger view of prayer. Right. I was going to say, uh, you know, a pastor just mentioned last, not this past week, but last weekend, uh, one prayer that he likes to pray and he suggested the rest of us pray is for God to open doors and close doors. And that's a way of, you know, allowing his will to be done and allowing you to focus on what he wants as opposed to what you want. Um, exactly. But... The, the, exactly. now, but that's hard yeah. to do. That's hard to it do. It is. It is very hard to do. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, we... I think as humanity is, uh, we're, we're all very selfish. Even those who are selfless, you know, are very selfish uh, in our own minds. You know, we always want, yeah. want, want what is best for us and what we think is best for yeah. us. And sometimes what is best for us isn't what is the best for us. Yeah, sure. That sounds crazy, yeah. but yeah. yeah, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, and we find this out. At some point, we do realize this. Right. But we don't realize it when we're wrapped up in what we want. Right, right, yeah. right. Right. We can't get out of the human thought. We are we're always more in our heads than trying to reach out to the uh, higher one, if you will, God. If you if you're a Christian, um, and mm-hmm. that that's a huge thing that we had talked about too last week is you can't you can't get out of this because you're, you're so stuck here instead of worrying about the the thing that you should be concentrating on. Yeah. Well, in scripture, exactly. in scripture says that the thoughts of man are different from the thoughts of God, and you know, I, and that the thoughts of man are always evil all the time. So, you know, it's something to remember. Yeah, uh, they're always evil and they're always maladjusted. So we have to adjust ourselves to God's thoughts in some way. 
the real the real he- healing comes when we are in coincidence, like two coincidental lines. We're we're thinking like God's thinking momentarily. That's when we get our best result. Mm, right. <clears throat> now, so the, so the ego, you know, we're not everybody has to, you know, we're born with an ego, but the whole idea of suppressing our ego, right? Yeah. Now, I think the the whole idea of you know doing these experiments and proving or disproving whether or not prayer is you know is powerful and whether it even exists, because you know there's a lot of people in this world who claim that prayer is worthless and that we should be going out and doing something instead of praying to a God to do it or, you know, praying to God to do it because he isn't going to do anything because he doesn't exist so on and so forth. So I think it's cool that these experiments are happening in a way, in an effort to prove that not only prayer is powerful, but the fact that God does exist. But <clears throat> here's just one thing on my mind is in the Holy Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 4 Jesus being tempted by the devil. And at one point, Jesus tells the devil that it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So, with that said, is there, in your opinion, based on these tests, are we simply just testing prayer, or are we actually putting God himself to the test? Uh, which is something that well, Jesus this is a big topic. Against. This is a big topic, and I think this is one of the reasons people hate what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I have a chapter in my book, A Journey into Prayer, Pioneers of Prayer in the Laboratory by Bill Sweet, all on the Bible and how it is in harmony with experiments. Okay. So I have a whole whole chapter on Bible experiments. I mean, Jesus turned the water into wine. I mean, that's the, if that isn't the ultimate chemistry experiment, I don't know what is. <laughs> and the um, the point is. About proving God, I would like to pick up on what you said there a minute. Okay. Um, I think that our experiments do not prove the existence of God. I think you can intuit that, and the person who's more spiritually minded and alert and watching can know that there's a God behind it because he, he's different than the, than the guy who's just looking for results. Some people are just result-oriented. They're not interested in the God behind it. Uh, we do think, though, that in ultimate terms, science will probably come up with a way to prove the existence of God. We don't know how yet because, you know, it's probably thousands of years ahead, but if we're still here. Mm-hmm. But what will happen is, is that we think Spindrift can make the following argument, that a certain quality of thought, a spiritual-mindedness, a Christ-like thought, or, the, or, or a Holy Spirit-filled thought, this type of thought produces a thy will be done result. Someone without that nurtured consciousness cannot produce that thought, that effect, rather. And so what that means is, through inductive reasoning, you could say, well, the person who's spiritually minded and Christ-like minded is getting this kind of result. If you don't have that kind of consciousness, you're not going to get that result. Indirectly, for some people, you could make the argument there's a God behind that because uh, no one else can get that result. Someone who, who who doesn't believe in a God or just uses willpower or has some other way of getting a result through psychic uh, willpower, and they will not get a I will be done uh, result. So the uh, argument can be made that a certain condition of consciousness produces a quality result, and without that condition of consciousness, you do not make that re- that that result. So that's going to be an interesting uh, problem for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as um, now what was the did I what was the other part of your thing there? Oh, tempting oh. the Lord. 
The yes, yes. alert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah. Well, people have to work this out uh, the best they can. We've, we've heard that and heard that. But the thing is, is that we like to think of our experiments as just witnessing the power of prayer and action. It isn't that we're going out and uh, tempting the Lord to do something. It's just that the power of prayer does these things, and we found a way to absorb to observe it. So we're observers of the power of prayer and action. So if you think of it that way, it isn't so much tempting the Lord as it is we're a witness to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Remember that Jesus Christ established who he was through his miracles and what he did. I mean, if he didn't do the things he did, uh, nobody would have uh, been interested in, in him. Right. So he was going around doing stuff left and right, up and down every day. And finally people said, gee, he's getting these, these results. He must be the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And so the people who are uh, trying to demonstrate that prayer works in modest ways, we don't want to overclaim works in modest ways. Right. If we can do that, we can show, gee, maybe we should pay attention to this. It isn't all false. Well, that's the one thing that I'm, I, as I read through your guys' research a little bit and everything, that even though, yes, you guys are scientifically scientifically trying to prove that prayer does work and does exist, that it, nowhere in it does it say we're trying to prove that God exists. We're just trying to to see that, you know, prayer does, does do something, which to me would almost um, influence people, or not necessarily influence, but uh, encourage them to do more positive prayer or uh, thy will prayer compared to selfish uh, selfish prayer and j- just trying to get what you want. You you should be on the spinder of staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just did a beautiful summary there. I wish I'll have to hear that back on your tape. <laughs> I will definitely good. get you a, a copy of the recording once it's done. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I may steal that from you. I may plagiarize that from my uh, speech. <laughs> that I Plagiarism is in the news these days, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I give you permission to use it so it won't even be plagiarism. Everyone, everyone's doing it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. The joke I heard is Milana Trump got so depressed over the criticism she got that she plagiarized a suicide note. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that Michelle Obama plagiarized the future. (laughs) Oh, 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 that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, touche. Well, anyway, the thing is is that you're always going to have people that don't like what you're doing. We always find that out, don't we? Yeah, right. Yeah, there's probably people who are upset with your radio show, right? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We've had yeah. quite a few people either voice it or voice it to their friends that they don't like what we're talking yeah. about. But <laughs> Well, great. That's just the way it is, you know. I mean, you can't make people happy. Oh, brother. Uh, it, it, I, this is one of the hardest things in life. You just can't please everybody. But you have to Dude. follow your mission. You have to follow what you, th- you think you're being guided to do, you know. Right. Yeah, well, I you know, think just that, like, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I just think that, uh, uh, yeah, on this on this subject of praying for the world, praying for a lot of things, there's a very interesting um, theory. We have a theory page that backs our experiments, explains what we're testing. In other words, you do an experiment, yeah, but they always say, what's the theory behind it? Well, if you go to the Spindrift website and go to, to experiments, then there's a mm-hmm. drop-down menu with several things, and one is theory. And there's a theory 
uh, on there called indirect prayers, like praying for the world and praying for uh, uh, things going on. You, you, some of your listeners might find that very interesting how, about that, what's being found out about indirect prayer. It's like when you're praying for things that are bigger than you, you, know, you can't quite right. see what you're praying for. Right, right, right. Well, but most prayers direct prayer, but this was about indirect prayer. It's the theory of indirect prayer. It's very interesting. It kind of ties in with something you mentioned a few minutes ago that gave me the idea of mentioning that. It, I see all the different types of theories you guys have, and it's kind of interesting that like uh, you guys have number five, quantum prayer theory, and it's really interesting to see that quantum theory and uh, actually religion in general, but it links to a lot of what Christians are saying now that uh, there there are ways that we will somehow prove that there is the existence of of God or of angels and all these other things um, and it's, oh I think so I think it'll happen some way just interesting to see that you have that in your in your theory list yes and I, I do think that that'll happen I I think my favorite angel joke is is the two angels are having a debate in heaven and the subject they're debating is, is there a here before? Is there a here before? You see, on earth we debate if there's a hereafter, and heaven oh. debate if there's a here before. <laughs> you, okay, you have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And time is an interesting thing, too. Uh, right. It's like the right time. There's God's time and man's time. Uh, like you said, God's thoughts are not man's thoughts. So this is another thing we have to, I find this very hard, but you know, you know, God may answer your prayer, but the answer, the answer may be not yet, not yet, not mm-hmm. yet. You know, right. time, there's, there's perfect timing for things. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool because my pastor actually, he keeps a prayer journal. So for years, he's been writing down his prayers as he says them. And then, you know, one, two, three, sometimes ten years later, a prayer, you know, something happens and he links it back to a prayer that he had made several years beforehand or several months and he traces it and says, oh wow, look, I prayed this and here God delivered on it so many years later. Didn't happen when he wanted it to happen, but it happened right. nonetheless, just at God's time. Right. This again, you remember Jesus said, watch and pray. We have to watch out for these things. It doesn't mean right now, watch, it could mean watch now too, right. but watch and there's the past, present, and future, and we have to be, be alert to all these things. And yes, and a lot of people who um, I've noticed when when they d- discover God, or uh, well, I, I suppose they do it in all religions, but I've heard a lot of Christians who become Christians say, "I've been looking for this all my life." And it's where did that come from? You know, they mm-hmm. probably unconsciously did, but not really consciously. But all of a sudden, it comes to their conscious mind. They were looking for this all their all their lives. So it's kind of like timing, timing, timing. You know, oh, there yeah. it is. Now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, you, we've all heard it before where uh, people say that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Uh, and people try to fill it, you know, with money and drugs and sex and, you know, you name it. And it never fulfills. And then, yeah, it's those people and others, you know, who do come to the Lord. And then suddenly... Everything's great and wonderful, and it is what they've been looking for because they they've been searching. They just don't know what they've been searching for until it finally shows up. Right, know? right, right. It's kind of like this: the two points coming together. They have been searching, but they didn't know what they were searching before. But at that moment, they've been looking for it all along. It's mm-hmm. wild. So it shows that there's a subconscious divine order that sort of comes to the conscious mind, and when the timing's right, you realize it. it it's a it's really an exciting thing. 
it, it, I think the thing that does eat at us, because our culture is so now, 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 I want it now, and it's getting worse that way. Everybody wants instant uh, gratification. Uh, it's hard to get people to think in this slower term. As you've got to have it in the right season. The Bible talks about the seasons of things. You've got to have it at the right timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be, for instance, that... Uh, let's say somebody's desire was something material, and like I want to be, um, okay, have a lot of money. Well, if you have it now, you might blow it. But right. later right. on, after you appreciate it, 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 all the steps that you got to t- take to that point, then you're ready for it. Then you can handle it, and then you can be a good steward. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be a good steward before. Well, I think that uh, that touches on a huge factor is, you know, uh, it's kind of like uh, falling in love, finding your soulmate. You have to find that same thing with with your prayer and your beliefs to find the perfect match for yourself. A lot of people say it's Christianity, and you know, a lot of other religions after they come to Christianity, they're like, "Oh my, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I've been trying to to pray for." Uh, so it's interesting that. Uh, you brought that up, and one thing that I wanted to ask is, it, we've kind of concentrated on Christian and a little bit of Muslim uh, prayer. In all of your guys' studies, did you find anything that was different in prayer for, like, Buddhists or, for example, Wiccans, any type of pagan religion, uh, that sort of a thing? The way to answer that question as best as I can is is that we found that there are spiritually minded people in a lot of groups that you wouldn't expect. We found we even tested some atheists. Okay. Just to be fair, and we we have atheists. Oh, I can get a result. I can get a result. Now, as far as the power of the human will and the brain and the ego, atheists can get a goal, and that just right there shows you that what they're doing with their thought is not a divine thought, but it does show the power of human intention. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they can't get the thy will be done result, but a more spiritually minded person can. This is the thing. We have never seen an atheist. The, the Bruce and John Kleinbaugh who started Spitzer say, you know, we've never found an atheist who could get a thy will be done result. This is... Uh, this is sort of interesting. We talk about this in my in, the, in, the, in my book, A Journey in the Prayer. We go into this, uh, the quality of thought and the holiness of thought. This is something that separates uh, you know, really holy people from other people. And this is going to be interesting in the future as the world becomes more materialistic and there's overpopulation and the technology is going to whiz through our heads day and night. We're not going to have a moment of peace and quiet. It's going to be the people who are the spiritually minded ones that are going to be the survivalists and also probably the ones that won't go crazy because they're going to have a place to retreat to and uh, that other people won't have. Right. It's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, when's the last time you found peace and quiet? Not very often. No. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my blogs is on this very topic. Uh, I, uh, if people want to go to the website, the first blog is on the uh, mental characteristics of Donald Trump. The, the blog right under it is, are you ready for this title? Okay. Blocked Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with blocking out noise and interference in your life. Okay. I find that. But very interesting. Mm-hmm. And we do need this. We need, uh, Jesus said, go into your closet and close the door. You know, we, we need right. to have more closets. 
And we also found that that was also helpful in our prayer research when people were really, if they prepared their prayers ahead of time, they calmed themselves down and kind of did preparatory prayer where they prayed for themselves and prayed to do thy will be done. They did that prayer before they took the test, that this, as a general rule, helped them get a better result. Okay. So preparation uh, is another thing that's very important. How you prepare yourself is important. Mm-hmm. Well, now, that, that's going to be one of my questions, though, actually, because, uh, you know, Jesus does say to go into a room, you know, by yourself in secret and pray. But I'm assuming in order for these tests to work, uh, these these people, they're, they're praying out loud, I presume, or maybe praying out no, loud. No, silent prayers. No, generally prayers. speaking, okay. we, general, we had people that pray out loud because that was their tradition. Right, right, uh, right. But generally, it was people doing silent prayer as a rule. Okay. So, and the reason reason for that are are twofold. First of all, the more people hear what you're doing, they could they, they, you know they're thinking about they're thinking about you and you're thinking about them. Then you got cross thoughts interference mm-hmm. there. Right, right. And of course, if you pray in secret, you don't know what the person's thinking. There's an advantage to that. Jesus is telling us there's an advantage to that. Right. And then of course, there's also the argument that some scientists make and people make botanists make well if the people are praying out loud maybe they're setting up a waveform that's going through and affecting these plans it's the moving air that's affecting them and not the mm-hmm. purse so you get all kinds of uh, yeah. criticism for it no, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking too I was thinking of uh, demonic influences for example you know pray out loud from what my research and understanding the devil can't read your thoughts you know so if you're praying in secrecy and you're keeping you know praying through your thoughts as opposed to Speaking them verbally, uh, the evil, if you will, you know, whether it's Satan or demons or whatever, can't hear those thoughts or understand them. Uh, but if you're speaking them right, out loud, they may right, be able to manipulate exactly. the situation and you know make these plants grow or whatever. Um, exactly. But that's why I was asking. That's all I was asking for. Um, no, that's very important what you're saying, man. Keep the double guessing. Shut up. Keep the double guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I like his, his <laughs> words of, of thought there. <laughs> Cause I mean, there are a lot of people that, um, th- there's a huge, uh, split in a lot of just Christian beliefs that to pray out loud compared to pray to yourself. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you might can do it on occasion. You know, you might do it on occasion. Sometimes it helps to pray out loud so you can actually hear your own voice. Mm. Uh, we had a woman in our who was tested. She was praying out loud. And she said, I have to pray out loud to get beyond the noise. I hear all this noise and interference, so I want to hear my own voice. So for her, it was salutary. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and but I pray role, you know, I think you want silently. To, yeah. I pray out loud. You know, a couple different ways. It's just It depends on the situation. I think it's very situational. I think we're going to go ahead and take our second and last break here of the evening real quick. Uh, folks, you are listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Cockroach milk, the future's health drink? New research suggests that cockroaches produce milk that is three times more nutritious than cow's milk. It might not sound particularly appetizing, but the milk from one particular subspecies of cockroach is actually chock full of protein thanks to special crystals that can be found inside its stomach. It's time-released food, said senior study author Subramanian Ramaswamy. 
If you need food that is calorifically high, that is time-released, and food that is complete, this is it. But is it really possible to milk enough cockroaches to feed humanity? They wouldn't go and kill lots of cockroaches for it, said Professor John Carver. They would isolate the gene for this protein from the cockroach and then express it and grow it up in a yeast system in very large microbiological vats and produce large quantities. Whether anyone would actually want to drink it, however, remains to be seen. Mystery Substance Floods Tokyo Underground a peculiar, foul-smelling black liquid has been filmed pouring out into an underground walkway in Japan. The strange incident occurred in the Shinjuku Subnade, an underground passageway which connects several train stations in the local area. The horrified commuters grabbed their mobile phones and, and filmed the encroaching muck as it spread across the floor and cut off access to some of the shops situated along the route. According to one witness, the substance smelled terrible like sewage and had seemingly emerged from a doorway which had burst open due to the pressure of the liquid building up behind it. Authorities are now conducting an investigation in an effort to determine what happened. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are speaking with Bill Sweet on the power of prayer. Now, Bill, we have talked about all kinds of stuff here tonight, and it's been really cool uh, to get your thoughts and, and to help us understand exactly what these experiments are doing uh, for, for you know us individuals and also as a culture. Uh, but unfortunately, we are coming up to the end of the show here. And as I said at the beginning of the show... We would like to give you the second opportunity to go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your book, uh, and any other type of information you'd like to throw out. Feel free. Well, it's a pleasure being on with you. Uh, they can email me through Spender Research website, and it's uh, uh, it, just go to the contact here, spenderfresearch.org. Uh, you can, um, my book is A Journey into Prayer. If you go to the website, spenderfresearch.org, click Book News. There's two links there. There's one to my publisher, Ex Libris, and we'll give you a little better price than Amazon. And the Amazon link is on there, too, and you can read some of the reviews. you see how people come at this differently, mm-hmm. uh, how they interpret what we're doing. We think our, our, our experiments are preliminary and will um, lead to other experiments by, by people who are more qualified to do a because we're amateur scientists. We're hoping the professional scientists can do it. And the other thing is is that uh, you, people have a lot of questions. If they want, people want to know the three basic discoveries of Spindrift. I mentioned earlier the FAQ page, frequently asked questions. There's a lot on there, especially question three. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in quantum prayer, question one goes into that. And we think that um, we hope that uh, some people will show an interest. If anybody wants to write me about my book, they certainly can. By the way, my book, A Journey into Prayer, is kind of unique. Page 330 to the end is a short version of the book for people who have learning 
uh, problems paying attention. A lot of people today, they have attention deficit problems. The Internet's responsible for that. So people that only read a few paragraphs at a time, and there's just, I know some people like that. They, they, they've got that. You know how that is with the digital devices and everything. Oh, yeah. You just read short. So I have a, a kind of an Internet version of the book from 3.30 to the end. If people want to go more deeply, they can start at the beginning of the book. So it's like two books in one. Or if you have radio show hosts like ourselves that don't necessarily have enough time to get through all, all the entire book, that would be an awesome thing for a lot of uh, authors to do because there's a lot of times that Eric and I cannot get through an entire book before we have that person on the show. So, Oh, it's understandable. I can't keep up with all these books that come into me through the mail. I have friends that <laughs> right, exactly. read their books. I, oh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And it is something I guess we're going to have to get used to. We're going to have to get used to referring to movies and things mm-hmm. on the internet because people aren't reading deeply anymore right. and I noticed that uh, I don't know how this is going to affect studying the Bible and things but <laughs> we're going to have to have people look into things more right. uh, deeply than they are now on all, many subjects right. uh, not, right. not right. just science but religion and philosophy and mathematics we're, we're kind of turning into a society of sound bites yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely to do about that well, I'm real happy about what you guys are doing, and congratulations on your radio show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And if anybody has anything they want to add to the subject of prayer, they can let us know. We're always like like to have people uh, say things. Another thing about my book, too, is nobody knows who Bill Sweet is. So I had 18 famous people who knew about our research write blurbs for our research. So I had, oh, wow. I had 18 endorsements spread throughout the book by people in consciousness research and different authors who mm-hmm. said things. Boy, that has helped the book immensely. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, so you guys are, are doing a, a, a great service, and I guess you'll just have to put up with the people who don't like what you're doing. That's <laughs> we just all have to persevere. Yeah. Not everybody likes the same music, right? Right. You're right. Well, just like Jesus says, you, you go somewhere where they don't want you, kick the dirt off your shoes, and walk out. Walk out. <laughs> Oh, that's right. As I've said numerous times, too, if you don't have haters, you're not doing your job right. Isn't that a fact? (laughs) In that case, we must be doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really something. Uh, It is is, uh, astounding how people can be upset with what you're doing. All you're trying to do is bring out something that under normal circumstances is a good thing. They just don't see it that way. It's hard to to understand. And another thing, something to pray about, you guys want to pray about something. I read that I can't hardly believe this, but if it's true, we really do have a job in front of us. That Our DNA kind of controls if we're liberals or conservatives. Did you read that? I haven't seen it. It kind of interferes with free will. So a lot of people who are Republicans or Democrats, they say they're kind of predisposed to that. That is scary. Boy, we've got (laughs) to pray about that and get our mojo back, get our free will back. Right. Had you heard that? That is just too much. All right, Bill. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on with us. And uh, hopefully uh, somewhere down the road we will get you on again. But until next time, we will let you go, and you have yourself a good night. Well, thank you guys very much. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right, folks. That was Bill Sweet, and uh, he does have a book out, author uh, – 
authored a book called A Journey into Prayer. Uh, we actually just had him on to talk about, you know, the power of prayer and uh, just keep it a little more um, generalized. Focused, yeah, focused on, on that compared to anything that is written in the book. Um, so it was actually a very awesome guest. Uh, he brought up a lot of different uh, facts that the Spindrift research has been looking into. And mm-hmm. um, it. I think you brought up a very good fact that, you know, where people are coming from when they're uh, chastising this type of research because they think they maybe think that they're trying to prove the existence of God compared mm-hmm. to trying to just do research to say, hey, prayer does work. Right. Right, right. And I think that this is something that people have to be careful with still from here on out. You know, I'm sure, uh, or I don't know if I'm sure, but I'd imagine there's some people out there who are going to be listening to this program right now or are, are listening right now uh, who might be thinking, hmm, well, I'm going to test it myself and just see if prayer works. Uh, and that'll kind of judge their entire belief system, you know, on that, which, you know, it's something you still need to be careful of because there is a point in which you are testing God and you have to ask yourself, are you really testing the prayer itself? Are you testing the one who answers those prayers? Uh, you know, the, the def, I, I had mentioned or asked, uh, Bill to give us a definition of prayer and it was kind of in there, you know, weave somewhere, you know, it got lost. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of people who will, I think argue what exactly the definition of prayer is. Uh, in my experience, and in I think the majority of what you'll find online is basically uh, speaking to or speaking with a deity of some sort. You know, it's very broad. It's you know, it's the internet is going to be very broad. Uh, and so it's important to remember that when you do pray, you're not praying to just nothing. You know, you're praying to someone. You know, and I truly and fully believe that that someone is the one and only Jesus Christ. He's the only one who's ever going to hear your prayer. Uh, but there are many out there who believe that they're praying to a different God. And you can believe all you want that prayer is still being heard by Jesus. Now, whether or not, you know, he, how he answers, you know, is going to be different, of course. And depending on your belief system and your faith, you got to remember, I mean, God is willing to answer anybody and everybody. But if you're purposely praying, to Buddha, or if you're purposely praying to Satan or someone, you know, someone like that, God isn't going to answer. You know, Jesus is just going to say, okay, well, you don't believe in me, you don't love me, you don't care for me, why should I answer you? And then those answers, you know, those, those prayers won't come true. So it's something to think about, folks. Um, it was a good day. Well, I actually have something uh, for unanswered prayers. This is okay. actually a... Uh, a part of uh, Garth Brooks' song "Unanswered Prayers." Oh, I don't uh-uh. necessarily listen to country, but this uh, just actually yeah, usually just Garth. Actually, uh, but this particular phrase kind of sums it up for people that say I'm not getting my my prayers answered. Okay. Uh, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. This true, true and things. That's kind of how we finished last week. With was you know even though you're not getting what you want, um, if God so thinks that you need it, or he he knows that you need it then obviously he's going to grant that 
that prayer for you. Right. Uh, but that does not mean just because you don't get what you want that you won't get what you need somewhere down the road. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Well, I think on that note, I think I think it'd be since we're talking about the power of prayer, I think it'd be a good idea just to pray. You know, say a little say a little something. Why not? <laughs> so everyone, as you however you pray. Uh Lord Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for a good conversation with Bill Sweet, uh an awesome man of God who is willing to uh Test prayer and prove its, its worth in our community and in our world. Uh, for those people who can't see it or don't fully understand it, I pray that you open their eyes and their heart, uh, to understand the true power of prayer and what it holds. Uh, there's so many people who are lost in this world, Lord. So many people who are against Christianity. So many people who are against you, O Lord Jesus the Christ. Uh, I just pray that you open their hearts, their minds, and their eyes to you. Uh, that you open their ears, that they may hear your whispers, because we know that you don't speak you don't speak super boldly. You don't speak out loud like Satan does. You don't yell and scream for our attention. You whisper it. You call us, you know, carefully, and you, you slowly ease us to, to you, Lord. And I just pray that you allow us to drown out anything that Satan's saying to us. You drown out the rest of the world and community around us, and we focus all of our, uh, just everything we have on you, Lord. Lord, I pray that this prayer is heard. I pray that you open your ears to all who turn to you in prayer, whether saved or not, Lord. I pray that you're with them and that you guide them and that you lead them to everlasting life. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, that's about all we've got for Power of Prayer, folks. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about um, the uh, phenomenon known as sleep paralysis. Ooh. There are a lot of people that believe there's a scientific reason for this. There are people that believe that uh, it's just a some type of attack. If you're coming from a Christian perspective, a demonic attack. Um, there's some that say that there's both. There's there's the scientific side, and then there's the attack side. It just depends on the situation. So, mm-hmm. and Eric does have some situations that he will discuss next week about uh, some situations that he's had in his own life. I particularly have not had this phenomenon happening to me, which, from what a lot of people have said, I'm kind of glad because it would probably scare me to death. But uh, so, until next week, folks where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio, and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day.
Hi, I'm Emma, and I'm Joe, and, and we're, we're the, the professional, professional book, book nerds. nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list. You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading! reading.